Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night in this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn, you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that doc, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. What the fuck is going on in this world, man? Uh, you know, when it, when you walk through a fucking store and there is shit emoji merchandise, pillows, balloons, cards, uh, I mean, it goes on and on, keychains, um, it, the list goes on and on, shit emoji merchandise, you... Gotta be fucking kidding me. I, I mean, they have straight. I like. I, I don't. I pretty much put it as clear as I could possibly put it. Here's what I want. I want anybody who would purchase said shit merchandise, shit emoji merchandise. I would like them to consume as many those plastic balloons as they can. Until it blocks their airway and they die. Or, if you can find someone close to you that knows what's best, I would like you to have them take your shit emoji pillow and smother you in your fucking sleep. 
That's what I would like um, because I, I just I don't value the life of someone who would purchase shit emoji merchandise. I just think that's fucking crazy. This is the thing. This is why I'm telling you, um, not all lives um, are, are valuable. That's that's not a that's not a real thing. You know where they say every life is precious. Bullshit. You know, and then. You know, of course, you got the you got the debate of, well, I'm pro-human. Uh, gotta kill whatever you gotta kill to save uh, save a precious human. Look, a gorilla wouldn't buy a shit emoji motherfucking uh, balloon. You know, you wouldn't find a stray dog buying a shit emoji pillow. You know, what I mean, they'd find better things to do. I I promise you, it's fucking crazy. Animals would fucking choose something better to do with their fucking money if they were able to handle money i mean it's just it's just a fucking fact man all right so uh this is obviously yakuza kick radio who the fuck else would be starting off with this type of uh banter um and i'm jake Morris, of course um this morning uh, on the same realm of uh just random nonsense i mean i wake up this morning and on uh my fox Fox Philadelphia news that I'm watching. Um, they have a segment, and the segment is pretty much based around a black guy who can't swim. Like it, it's not even. I mean, this, this there's like there's like the running title on the bottom of the screen that says, uh, "Grown man can't never learn to swim as a child." And there's like this six foot five black dude standing next to uh, Jen, just the little, you know, white chick who um, age is not treating her well. Um, she's standing there and like interviewing him next to this pool, and he's just like, "Look, man, I'm too tall. Um, I get wild in the water. I get too wild, and I and um and um I don't really trust it, and I don't know about all this." And he's like, "Look." He's like, it's not, he's like, there were some people who could swim while I was growing up, but it's not that crazy for people to not know how to swim from where I was at. And I'm just looking like, is this really a motherfucking news segment about a guy who can't swim? I mean, come on, man. There's obviously the stereotype and it doesn't, you know, I'm sure there's fucking world champion swimmers who are black, but. They are legitimately running a fucking news story about a grown black man who can't fucking swim. And the dude is acting like as frantic and scared as possible. And then they have this this big, fat, um, manatee-looking white woman in the water. And she's teaching him to swim. And the dude damn near has swimmies on his arms. He's got these, like, they look like dumbbells, but they're floaties. And he's holding on to them. And, I mean, she's teaching this dude like like he's five. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this shit is crazy as fuck. I don't know why this is on the news, right? So, and then they they move on from that segment. Within ten minutes, I swear to God, I'm not making this shit up. This isn't like my attempt to go fucking extremely racial. Within ten minutes, they announce... We're celebrating National Watermelon Day here on Good Day, Philadelphia. I, I'm not making this up, man. What the fuck, man? 
I mean, who 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 the fuck wrote the agenda for today's fucking news? I just woke up this morning. I'm like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. This is some crazy shit right here. Um, fuck, man. I I don't know. I I, I don't know. Um, I'm speaking of craziness, man. This fucking political season is the craziest shit ever. Um, look, I'm not I'm not like a fucking Hillary fan. So to speak, um, the bitch, she sounds like fucking, um, like Skeletor. It, like, like straight up like Skeletor. Like, when she talks, if you just, like, tack on to her sentence, like, whatever she says, just tack on, like, he, man, like, afterwards, like, she talks in the same, like, cadence as, like, Skeletor. And it's fucking crazy. Her face is just like, she looks robotic. The way that she operates and the way that she talks and shit just seems like manufactured, like so manufactured. I know that these people are just talking heads and they're, they're pretty much programmed to say whatever, but like you can tell that there's like a real lack of just being a genuine person. Like I don't know what the genuine Hillary Clinton is actually like because she just, She's like, I, there's more emotion to the two puppets that I have than this broad. She's fucking crazy. You could just tell, like, there's some whole other shit going on there. Um, so, but that's that's Hillary. On the other side of it, Trump is just a motherfucking maniac. He's out of his goddamn mind. I mean, to, to have to pick between these two, I gotta go with Hillary. I mean, come on, man. She might be fake, she might be this, she might be that, but this dude has no decorum, he has no um, professionalism, He has he's not presidential at all. This dude, like, makes fun of people and curses and just says, like, wild, off-the-wall shit, like, you know, what he said um, when he was talking about uh, um, McCain, and he's like, yeah, McCain's a war hero because he got captured. Uh, well, I like people who don't get captured. Dude, I don't give a fuck how much you don't like Hillary or how much of a Republican you are or how much of anything. Can you seriously in a, in your right fucking mind go, I'm all for the guy who looks at a military veteran and goes, I like it better if you didn't get captured. Like, I, I, <laughs> I like people who don't get captured. Fucking loser. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no way that you can just support that. I mean, you're being blind and just going, I really hate her, so I don't give a fuck what he says. I'm all for that guy. I mean, that's got to be it. This dude is, like, fucking impersonating handicapped people. The dude has, like, just... I mean, he's 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 a wild fucking dude, man. Like he's a crazy. He talks like a drunk toddler. Like he he's fucking nutty. Like that's not like presidential. You can't have a guy that's given like that. You know that scrunched up fuck you face. Like if you started doing that shit at work to your boss, like they'd be like, look, you're gonna stop fucking looking at me like that. Or you're gonna be on the unemployment line. Like when he scrunches up his fucking mouth and squints his eyes and shakes his head like, fuck you. Like, DJI, fuck you. Like, he does that on a regular basis. <laughs> like, 
You can't do that shit. And then says shit like, Obama might have said the right things when it comes to the police, but by his body language, I think he wanted the police to be murdered. It's like, dude, you're out of your motherfucking mind. I mean, this dude is manufacturing some real wild shit, man. And the shit is just coming fucking straight out his mouth. And people are, are fucking are clamoring for this dude to be the next president. Oh, man. It's a scary landscape. Like I said, I don't, I don't fucking trust anything about Hillary either. But this fucking dude is just way too fucking wild, man. And, you know, there's some people who, who go the other direction and they just go, well, you know, fucking, um, you know, well, Bill Clinton said once said there's a problem with immigration um fucking now or, or I think maybe it was a uh, Bush I, they quoted somebody as saying you know years ago as president saying there's a problem with immigration and then they said well when Trump says that he's a racist no Trump says that he's a racist because he goes, let's ban Muslims and build a fucking wall around fucking Mexico and make the Mexicans pay for it. That's why he's a fucking racist. Not because not because he's fucking going, hey, there's a problem with the immigration. Yeah, it's his solution that makes him a fucking maniac. Not, not the fact that he can address a problem. Anyone can address a problem. I mean, that's a very, very easy thing to do. Um, and, and I think when you go to the extent of saying, hey, fucking, uh, fucking ban an entire religion from the country and fucking build a fucking wall and have the other country pay for the building of the wall, I, I think that's a pretty drastic fucking measure. I think a lot of that goes completely against what the Constitution's all about and all of that. Now, look, um, I I don't I'm not like by the fucking law Constitution guy either. I know this is probably like the most political I've ever been on the show, and I'm I'm not a politics guy, but I just th- this shit is like really fucking forced, and it's like it, it's like just straight up fucking force fed comedy to you because like the shit that's coming out of this fucking dude's mouth and the, and the craziness that Skeletor is doing on the other side. Um, it's fucking crazy, but, um, he, he um, what the fuck was I just going to say? He's yelling like all sorts of crazy, aggressive shit. And, um, I, I think that there's a, there's a way you can um you can change the way that the country runs and you can change some things that were not you know really the way that the uh the constitution was lined up i i think some changes need to be made to keep the the country safer but you know rather than saying let's ban a religion from the fucking country or let's build this fucking thing why don't we take some steps to do some things like like switzerland does switzerland they make it difficult to become a citizen. It's not impossible, but they want to see that you assimilate towards their way of life. They want you to embrace their culture and become part of their culture. Not just move like part of your country into this country and then just go, fuck you, learn my language. That's crazy to me. You know what I mean? And, and you know, some people look at that shit, that type of opinion, and see it as like a, you know, a, a biased you know situation but no other country can you go into and then say learn my fucking language 
what the fuck, man? Why don't you have this shit written in my language or whatever? It's it. That's not the case. And I'm not just saying like, yo, you know, the language barrier is like the biggest thing. But you know, you you couldn't have as easy, you know, planted like sleeper cells where. You know, people are living their own little fucking community and doing their own fucking thing and separated from our society and then fucking plotting some old evil shit. Like, you know, there would be some semblance. They would have to put on a way bigger front in order to really fucking launch these type of attacks and be that type of danger. You know, it it doesn't completely eliminate things, but it helps to build somewhat of a safeguard and, and really brings us together as a country more so. I mean, the people within America that scream "fuck America," I, that, that's fucking amazing to me. That that's fucking appalling to me. People that came from another country into our country to scream "fuck America" is just like the, the fucking the door needs to work in the other direction too. And that, that that's what I think, man. I, I just think that if you're gonna come here, be fucking happy to be here. Be part of what the fuck we're about. If not, then fucking head back, man. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Obviously, you know, you know, day in, day out, you're gonna have these things you're upset with and this and that, but to just be revolted against the country the second you show up, I don't think that's a good look. I just don't. So, I don't know. That's just me and, you know, so not too much more uh, politics out of me, but, um, Look, man, my fucking pepper party is right around the corner, and I'm looking forward to that shit. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, You know, pepper pong, uh, trying to get together some fucking pepper chocolate shit going on. Um, I got my sauce going on. I'm I'm getting um, pretty adjusted to that sauce, man, where I I like it quite a bit, Um, what I've been doing with it. um, I've been eating it pretty regularly, so... I know that it's it's working well. It's not something that I tried once and thought it was alright. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm thinking it's uh it should be a pretty big hit. Um Yeah, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh so that's what I'm doing instead of fucking C Z W. And um Yeah. Um I'll I'll go more into the C Z W card and all of that on uh next week. Because uh yeah, I just don't feel like going over a shitty card fucking several weeks in a row. Um, I will say that um, as far as this whole situation being Zandig's return and the boss is back and this and this, this is the most DJ Hyde-looking shit card that I think you can possibly build. I think, like, if you just put that fucking card on paper, remove the letter CCW from the top, and then just fucking pass it around the internet and be like, who do you think booked this? Most people would probably go DJ Hyde. Like, there's no fucking way you'd be like, is Zandig back? Because this reminds me of old... Get the fuck out of here. And, and, you know, I'm not saying you need to bring back, you know, all those old school guys or anything like that to make it what it was, but um, there, there's just... There's nothing fresh about this fucking booking. So, anyway, um, I'm... Going to come through on my promise this week. Um, I'm gonna tonight. I'm gonna review Delaware Invasion, uh, the first CZW show of 2001, and then you know we'll go forward from there. You know, every couple of weeks, I'll do another one, and uh, you know bring you through 2001. Obviously, it's gonna take me a long, long time because I'm not doing it every week, and uh, you know it's a lot of shows. So we'll do that in a minute. Um, 
Matt Tremont cut a promo on John Zandig uh, to hype up the upcoming show on August 21st, uh, GCW at the uh, Game Changer World over there. And, you know, Matt Tremont's a great promo guy to begin with, and that's that's something that's well-known, you know, across the indies. And anybody who knows Matt Tremont knows he can cut a hell of a fucking promo. Um, but what he did with this is something that I've been yelling about for a while on this show, and that is location, location, location. Um, he went to the site of the Mantua building where CZW all began and cut the promo there. And, you know, the impact that the location makes makes a big fucking difference. And I've been saying this for a long time. With everybody walking around with a phone that doubles as an HD video camera, if you don't have one, your fucking girl has one. If you don't, you know, one of your friends has one, something, it's it's not like a, a rare thing anymore. Everybody's got a fucking smartphone, and all of them got banging-ass cameras on them. So it, it's just... Anyone can take their camera anywhere and fucking film something. I, I'm done. I don't want to see any more fucking promos that are in the backstage area where you hear the fucking show going on in the background. A white fucking wall in a back room where they cut some fucking promo. The only time that that shit should happen is if you're cutting a promo that involves you having just finished the match then it makes sense for you to be in the building. And and keep that fucking limited because it's already overdone. So make it something that, that's going to fucking matter. You know what I mean? Make it something that, that's going to, you know, hey, you know, when, when back in the day when they did the whole thing where they jumped Zandig in the back, they were battling for the fucking contract and they fucked him up and, you know, all of that shit. And then he drug himself already bleeding from the back. You know, and you you saw the cameras in the back and fucking, you know, doing whatever they were doing. Um, you know, when they were hanging them up with the fucking hooks and all that. I mean, that made sense. You know, he came out with the fucking hook in his back, bleeding and shit. You know, it's like you felt like that was what was going on backstage. And it made sense for the promo to have continuance into the ring. And, and it all tied together. But the laziness of, we're all here right now, let's all cut fucking promos, da-da-da-da-da. It's got to be a cooperative effort about these companies and these fucking wrestlers wanting to make the product the best it can fucking be. And the way to fucking do that is be creative with your promos, take your motherfucking phone, fucking promoters, talk to your fucking wrestlers and say, hey, you're working such and such on such and such a date. Come up with some fucking creative shit. Have the promo to me by such and such a date. And it's easy as I could fucking, I could go cut a promo standing in my fucking duck pen surrounded, you know, with a couple of ducks. I could go on the other side of my yard and have a fucking garden behind me. I could go to my fucking job where the fucking tigers are at and have a fucking tiger, you know, in a cage behind me. I could go to 
a fucking rooftop and be fucking on a rooftop. I can take an hour trip and be on a fucking mountain. I could go down the fucking street by the fucking bay or by the ocean, cut that shit by there. You know, depending on what the fucking situation is or what your promo's going that, be fucking creative. Those are just like random off the top of my head things that I could do. Or you could just keep going to the fucking building and, and film your goddamn promo, your fucking generic fucking promos in front of a fucking white wall when you hear, oh, oh, you fucked up, you fucked up in the background. Because that's how much you care about your fucking product. It's not that hard. I'm tired of hearing how difficult it is for a fucking guy to fucking do this, and it's hard for us to get the guys to do this. Well, then they don't give a fuck about your product. That's the bottom fucking line is they don't give a fuck about your product. Because if you could hire them to fucking work for you, you could fucking ask them, hey, you think you could fucking do this and fucking put this together and do some shit there. You know, I you know I don't need like an over over um, saturation of training videos either. But training isn't a bad idea either on on a random thing. You're building up this fucking big match. Remember the fucking promo that Zandig cut in the fucking gym where he's all fucking getting mad and they're playing he's gone wild and he's fucking trying to get all fucking jacked up and ready for the fucking match because he's like fuck you know this, you can see he's training fucking hard now you're thinking like oh man this guy's really turning it up for this fucking match it means something or you can cut a fucking promo in the back room against the white fucking wall but you know that's what you could do because that's that's fucking fresh everyone's looking for that everyone's amazed by that, that that's like I remember, you know, all of those fucking promos that we've always talked about, you know, went back to, you know, just just how great they were, you know. I mean, there's there's shit that, like, you guys can do within that fucking building that you're not fucking doing. You can fucking walk around back in a fucking building and have the fucking guy sit down against a brick wall and, and shoot it in a way where it doesn't look like you're in the back of the motherfucking arena. It's just there's no effort put out. And like I said, this thing with the Mantua, it made all sorts of fucking sense. Look, taking it back to the start and this and that. And it didn't take him fucking driving eight hours to do it. It was within fucking reason to fucking drive over there. Have someone fucking film it, no fucking problem. We're done. Like, you see these fucking commercials where they have these crazy videos? Now, I don't know how the fuck they're filming that with an iPhone. I don't know. But, point being... You can film some shit with a fucking iPhone. A wrestling promo can be filmed with a fucking iPhone. Absolutely. You know, I I just, I want to see more creativity about this shit. Because the more creativity you do and the more interest you draw with your fucking promos, the more interested in the product that's going on is going to be. The more interested in the actual match is going to be. If, if there's some kind of heat or interest or this and that, look, and, and, I mean, I know this is pretty much a sitting in one place and, you know, talking promo. But when Eddie Kingston cut that fucking promo, uh, her, I think he called it, with the with the belt, talking about the belt. That shit fucking made me, like, consider watching the Chikara thing. Now, I didn't. I'm not a Chikara fan. But for the first time in years... I was like, I wonder how that match is going to be because he just fucking drew you in with that promo. Now, not everybody has the promo ability of Eddie Kingston, but again, I'm just saying, like, do everything you can 
to fucking make your success possible. I don't know why. You know, there's there's so many different things. There's so many different aspects of things. You know, I I talked about Chris Hero the other week. That's that's another thing, man. I mean, if you just you're just gonna allow yourself to look like absolute shit and then think that everyone should care as much about your product as they always have, even though you clearly give less of a fuck about your product than you have previously. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense and it shouldn't translate to more money for the company because you're not putting in that physical effort or that mental effort to even try to innovate and create something new and exciting for the fucking fans. And then they turn around and blame this crowd was dead. This crowd was dead. Well, all fucking weeks and months and fucking all that leading up to it, you didn't do anything to fucking get them fucking goddamn I can't wait for this fucking match. Can't wait for this fucking match because those fucking promos were crazy. I never seen anything like that. Fuck, you know, this this is gonna be great. When that fucking entrance music hits, they should already be hyped. Not like all I have to go off of is some fucking white wall promo from fucking last month that was, you know, in between two other promos sitting in the same fucking spot. That guy moved out of the room for the other guy to cut the fucking promo. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it's all just fucking runs together and it doesn't stand out as interesting. And it's your fault. It's it's your fault. And I obviously, I'm, I'm talking a lot about CZW, but it, it goes across the board. I mean, every fucking indie fed does the same goddamn thing for the most part. Just uninteresting, uncreative fucking promos. You know, look at some of the WWE shit they did when, you know, when they had the fucking belt and fucking threw it off the bridge and shit with the Rock and Stone Cold. Come on, man. Like that's. That's some shit that you were like, oh, fuck, look, he's out there on the fucking bridge. That grabs you way more. It stands out in, and has more longevity than just, okay, another rock promo in the back where he said he'd stick something up his candy ass. And remember that one? I mean, it's just, to me, location is a big fucking deal. Big fucking deal. So take it for what it's worth. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. That that's just the way I feel. That's the way I've always felt about that type of shit. So um, yeah, that's um, that's pretty much that. I'm gonna play. A, this isn't gonna be a super long show. I'm gonna play a um, play a track. Come back. Talk about the uh, Delaware invasion.
rappers wanna feature me, I'm like, give me a mask, I'm like, nah, I'ma keep it funky, nigga, talk 20, cause for money, I'm a junkie, nigga, I'm dope, nigga, yeah, that's what they say, Frank Lucas with the pen, get at me, okay, I'm dope, nigga, dirty needle stuck in the arm, hustle till the package is gone, never tuck in my charm, cause I'm dope, nigga, nine out to my dope, Nino Brown take over, that's how I roll, now let smoke with you, when the kid on the job, keep a step ahead of the law, push the Yo, I got that small change, my nigga Quotas, nickels, and dimes I might cop a look shine Favorite pistol or nine I can't deal with fickle minds Cause I'm too official with mine Put your nose in my notebook and go Sniff you a line I'm dope, nigga I'm heroin in this prime While the game is on its decline Bitches on my divine I find rhyming easy But I ain't easy to find Number one on my to-do list Please believe me, it's crime Ain't with the time fool of me If you don't know that I'm a better What to do with me yet Go ahead and Google me, your boy flow fluent. Yes, still got that woo with me. Screw it, let me do it to death. Mind if the eulogy. I'm ahead of the game, ahead of these lanes. I'm a head case, the head nurse is getting better with brain. Let me network. The rest of you niggas, stay in your lane. Know your network. Now back to the script. Like I was saying, I'm dope, nigga. Yeah, that's what they say. Frank Lucas with the pen. Get at me, okay? I'm dope, nigga. Dirty needle stuck in the arm. Hustle till the package is gone. Never tucking my charm, cause I'm dope, nigga. Nine out to my dope. Nino Brown take over. That's how I roll. Now let me smoke with you. Hard. When the king on the job, keep yeah, a step yeah. ahead of the law, yeah. push the pedal with the hip-hop, Yogi Berra, New York, let's get together. It took a 90s bar to blow in y'all era. Yeah. Niggas never saw me when I write, it's signed in the letter. I was born the son of Helen Keller. My skin is old yellow, but a bitch digger fella. Yeah. She liked the way the car wheels flip the propellers. I stay fly like 3-6, someone tell her. Document stuff like run DMC leather. I'm the king of... Rock, dimes, grams, and keys Cause the world don't give a fuck if I got a fam to be This a hell long dream I Smack up a fiend You can see this pack in my jeans Put you back on your lean <laughs> Yeah, back for a fix Back on my shit Got my ex from back in the days Even back on my dick This is crack shit Y'all do it big I supersize Coke classic My nose in the king Like super fly Cause I'm, I'm dope, nigga Yeah, that's what they say Frank Lucas with the pen Get at me, okay? I'm dope, nigga Dirty Needle stuck in the arm, hustle till the package is gone. Never tuck in my charm, cause I'm I'm nigga. Nine out to my dope, Nino Brown take over. That's how I roll. Now let me smoke with you. Hard when the kid on the job, keep a step ahead of the law, push the pedal with law. All right, I'm back. Um, so yeah, man, uh, Delaware invasion. It was uh, January. I don't even know the date. How great I am with facts and preparation. Delaware Invasion was the uh, first CZW show of 2001, which was the year I started going to CZW. So the majority of these CZW shows that I'm going to be reviewing coming up will be shows that I already attended personally. I started attending in February, so the next show I'm going to be reviewing is Crushing the Competition, which was my first show. Um, not going to jump ahead to that. I wanted to do this one first, which was Delaware Invasion. And um, it started out with uh, Pastor Jim coming out, who's now a CZW fan, um, with uh, John Dahmer and uh, Natasha, who's also a CZW fan. And um, they came out, and Bar and Bar Cam were at ringside. 
and they're just standing out of ringside. Um, the match was John Dahmer versus Ruckus versus Jeff Rocker. Um, fucking Ruckus, you know, from the start, when I first saw him, you know, obviously I saw him the following month for my first time. Uh, the dude was way the fuck overweight. Uh, a lot of people call that fat Ruckus, uh, as opposed to what he is now, uh, you know, and what he was doing back then was just fucking insane. I mean, even like, no matter how long you've seen it or known about it or whatever, if you go back and look at the shape he was fucking in doing fucking cartwheel handspring fucking moonsaults over the ropes to the outside, like fucking crazy shit, you know, wall running, fucking back flipping DDTs and shit like this. Like the dude was always tremendously fucking impressive. People started to take it for granted more so, you know, when he lost the weight and everything. And, you know, I don't know if that's quite fair, but in the same token, uh, I mean, you got to go back and see, like, how fucking crazy ahead of his time he was doing the stuff he was doing at a weight he had no business doing that type of shit and pulling it off fucking nice. You know what I mean? Like, the dude, he he was always on that shit, man, where he was really... um doing some ill shit. The only thing that I I will, you know, criticize Ruckus, uh, that's my dude, but I, I'll always have a somewhat of a criticism for Ruckus as far as at some point he stopped innovating. Um, I, I think he stuck to the same moveset for a long time and he kind of stayed, um, stayed complacent. Ruckus, when, when he first started, you know, um, when I first started seeing him, I should say, was doing some of the most innovative stuff out there. And and for quite some time, he was coming up with more and more new stuff and just wild, wild stuff, man. He had great fucking ideas, great innovation. And, um, you know, he's only gotten more athletically gifted because when he lost the weight, he was able to do this stuff so much more fluently. Um, the one thing, like I said, and, and I know, man, um, you know, high-flying wrestling really fucking took off and really um, evolved into, you know, no pun intended, but evolved into, you know, where you have the Rich Swans and the Ricochets and the, the Pocs and the, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on uh, of the top-notch, really difficult to to match high-flyers out there. So innovation becomes way harder because there's so many guys out there doing it now where back then there really, really wasn't, um, you know, the stuff back then that the Amazing Red was doing and, you know, and Ruckus was doing, that was like real groundbreaking shit. I mean, you had some, you know, some lucha guys and, and some, you know, people doing the flippy stuff, but not quite to the level that these guys were when they really came out with some of the shit they were doing. Um, some of that stuff was just never seen before. So, um, but yeah, man, yeah, I mean, you know, to go back and, and see that, you know, is again, the, the whole thing is nostalgic to me because, you know, it's back to, uh, fuck man, that's, it's, um, 15 years ago now. Jesus Christ. Um, that, that's crazy, man. A decade and a half ago that is already. Um, so, uh, John Dahmer, I've always liked, um, Former guest on the show, definitely going to have him back. Uh, Jeff Rocker was always, like, he always looked, like, borderline retarded. And, um, you know, looked like he was either on the juice or, I don't know. He was all jacked up, but his face looked retarded. Um, you know, it was what it was. Um, that That's more or less what, um, you know. Uh, 
It um, if nothing else, like I said, go back and watch the shit for you know what Ruckus was doing and you know and Dahmer was doing back then. Um, the 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 finish was a superplex through the table, and um, and then uh, Barkham attacked Dahmer after the match, and uh, you know. Uh, next up was the Rockin' Rebel versus Nick Burke to a time limit draw, and it, it was weird. It, it seemed like it was like a, I didn't time it or anything like that, but it didn't seem like what would have been a time limit draw. Like, I don't know if it was like an 11 minute, you know, or a nine minute, eight minute fucking time limit, but just kind of strange. Uh, the match was, eh, I mean, it, it was all right. It really didn't have a whole shitload of direction as far as I, I'm concerned. Um, nothing that really, you know, jumped out as far as the match went. Uh, afterwards, uh, you know, they're called for a restart of the match, and um, Ruckus came out and uh, chased off Rebel. At the time, they were doing a tremendously, you know, a racist angle where, uh, you know, Rebel said everything racist under the sun towards Ruckus and, you know, hit him with fucking watermelons and chicken and all this kind of crazy shit back then in that angle, but... This was, you know, part of that where, you know, Ruckus just came in and chased him off to the back. Uh, back then, Rebel had that crazy fucking uh, braided fucking mullet ponytail. Shit. <laughs> so next up, um, Lobo and, and Cashmere come out. Supposed to be Lobo and Cashmere versus Gage and Trent Acid. Well, uh, heel John Zandig comes out and changes it because, uh, you know, He's down with uh, Trent Acid, and he doesn't like Johnny. So, um, strangely enough, that was uh, pretty accurate. Um, and um, Zandig comes out and changes it to Lobo and Gage versus Cashmere and Barr. Uh, and Gage wins via top row brain buster through the table. Uh, on... Uh, the get on cashmere and then uh robbie marino comes out after the match and uh tries to reform the cash marinos tries to tell him you know we got back together this would have never happened if it was the cash marinos again and this and that and he kind of blows them off um yeah like i said just just overall nostalgic uh there wasn't a type you know a ton of like mind-blowing shit on this show but, um, yeah, the nostalgia is, is 100%, man, because, uh, you know, to see these guys back then, Gage used to be so much fatter. Um, now I know, you know, prison Gage came out all jacked and shit, but, um, you know, Gage pre-prison wasn't, wasn't fat, wasn't really, you know, skinny. He was, but compared to old Gage, old Gage was fat, and he was doing, like, a lot of, like, fucking press slams to uh, fall away slams off the, the second rope. He would do that shit all the time. When he lost more weight, he, he stopped doing that shit, um, which, you know, probably understandably so because, you know, you end up dropping a guy on your face or some shit. But, um, yeah, he he, um, he was always a bad motherfucker, man. But, yeah, it, it's definitely a different-looking Nick Gage back then. Uh, and, um, yeah, like I said, he, he wouldn't be a – Top row brain buster through a table. Uh, so that was that. Um, Trent Acid versus uh, Trent Acid comes out, uh, and Zandig says, you know, he's he's the best fucking junior in the business, 
and he's going to fucking prove it, and he's going to beat these fucking three guys. And it is a very, very young Briscoe Brothers and Eddie Valentine. So it's a three-on-one match, which is fucking crazy because Zandig almost put uh, Kashmir in a two-on-one because he didn't like him. He pulled Trent out of that match and was like, you know, Trent's too good for this tag team bullshit. It's not happening, this and that. And then, um, yeah, he's out of here. And then they're like, yeah, you, you fight those two fucking guys. And then he's like, all right, you know, oh, you want a tag team partner? Good. Bar, get in here. You're a fucking wrestler now. So he comes in and, uh, you know, he's his tag partner. And he acts, you know, plays like the whole out of place stuff and whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, he, um, he does that gimmick and, uh, then he gets barred but then when it comes to Trent he's like he's with him and shit and he's booking this fucking thing and somehow his boy Trent is in a three on one so I mean but it you know it was booked in order for Trent to look fucking super strong because sure enough Trent beats the fucking Briscoe brothers and Eddie Valentine um they made it so you know everybody was hitting their shit and everything but eventually obviously a three on one is taking uh taking the advantage and then eventually they start arguing over a pin the briscoes you know uh, jay's gonna hit the pin and then mark shoves them off and then eddie shoves them off and then they're back and forth and back and forth until trent you know gets back shit back together and fucking you know starts hitting his his spots on them and uh you know gets the win so uh that's you know that was that um then there was uh this this was uh unadvertised because uh advertised was Nick Mondo versus Rick Blade in a ladder match. And Super Crazy wasn't even advertised. And Rick Blade comes out and John Zandig comes out, you know, heel John Zandig comes out again and goes, Hey look, I didn't book he was uh the big deals was his uh was his gimmick or whatever at the time. Yeah, you know, his guys were the big deals. So he comes out and he's cutting a promo going, Yeah, you know, I know you wanted to wrestle Mondo in a ladder match, but you know, I didn't book Mondo because it wasn't a big deal. And I wasn't gonna do it because it wasn't a big deal. There's no reason for me to do that. It's not a big deal. So, you know, you you do all your flippy shit and this and that, but you know, it's not a big deal to me, whatever. So then Justice Payne comes out and he's like, you know what, fuck that. You know, I know that, you know, uh, you uh, you bust your ass in this company, Blade, and, you know, you might not uh, care about this guy Zandig, but we do, and we care about guys that, you know, bust their ass for the business the way this guy does, and he made CZW and da-da-da-da amongst us and everything else, and we got a match for him and everything, and fucking super crazy music hits and super crazy comes out. And the crowd legitimately fucking pops you could tell that look like i don't remember back then what was being advertised it was a month before i started going and you know i i did go back and watch all the vhs stuff from before i started going like soon after i started going to catch up on what i missed but again i i don't know like fucking you know what was posted as far as posters and this and that but the crowd legitimately reacted like they had no fucking idea that super crazy was there um, you know, holy shit, super crazy, fucking, you know, really fucking marking out. So I, I think that's fucking awesome. And I and I think 
I know it's way, way more difficult now with the, um, you know, social media being so open about who, who is where and everybody's fucking schedule and motherfuckers checking in and all that kind of crazy shit. But if, if you can, you know, time, time to time, pull a big fucking name like that and, and just fucking throw them in. You know, without advertising that, you already had the jury advertised, so then the super crazy was an unadvertised guy, and it and it really just fucking set that place on fire. Um, you know, this this was a good match, man. Really good shit. Um, I you know I always loved Rick Blade. Rick Blade was not the most technically sound guy. A lot of his shit was a little bit sloppy, but man, he could work high fucking paced matches and, and do some really really crazy shit in the ring. Always one of the the best fucking craziest risk takers ever, and um, just just really a just a bad motherfucker, man. When it comes down to like this dude would walk into buildings, there's stories he would just walk into buildings and start looking up like what can I dive off of in this show, you know? He he was a guy who made such a huge mark on CZW and um, you know, it, it just being as over as it was because. You had your deathmatch guys and this and this. And look, man, here's the other fucking thing. This is a fucking show from 2001. Everybody has their goddamn myths about CZW. All they do is deathmatches. Until DJ Hyde showed up, it was all deathmatches. Now, I'm going to, as I go through these fucking matches from these shows from 2001, I'll continue to point this out to you. There was a table used on two fucking matches this far, but a table. That's what we're talking about. A table. Those don't fucking dictate deathmatch. That's not a deathmatch. So when it comes down to it, have I mentioned a fucking deathmatch yet? We got one, two, three, four, five matches in. I haven't seen a deathmatch yet. So that's all bullshit, right? That's what I thought. I mean... This is what I've been saying, but motherfuckers like to revise history. Go back and watch this shit, man. So anyway, um, the match ends. The match is good, you know, back and forth stuff. You know, they seem to work really well together. Super crazy was always fucking awesome. Um, I don't know what happened to that guy. I don't know if he went, you know, work in Mexico or or whatever the case is. Um, or if he retired, I have no idea. I'm not great at following people once they leave the country and shit like this because I only watch so much stuff even within the country. So, um, so the match ends with Blade botching a shooting star press. Blade should have done just as many shooting star presses as Brock Lesnar did. That shit should have happened like once or twice. He should have landed on his face and went, never again, I'll stick to what I fucking land well. Which those fucking swantons, he used to land fucking great. Minus the time where he fucking broke his fucking leg in a bunch of spots in, in Sewell at take one. Um, and, and, you know, minus the times, well, I, you know, hey, he might have been off uh, target as far as hitting it when he overshot acid and just landed on the fucking ground. But he was so fucking good at it that that didn't hurt him. That didn't hurt him. He fucking went back to the truck and did another fucking swanton off the fucking truck a second time, which that's fucking, that's bananas. to go, fuck that, get pissed off and go back up and do another one. Uh, you know, after you land on the goddamn ground. But, you know, he would have broke his fucking tailbone if he didn't know what he was doing there. Um, his, his fucking swantons were good. You know, he did those twisty joints. Those were always fucking good. 
But the fucking star presses looked like near-death experiences almost every time. I don't know why he continued to do this. But he did. And uh, he blotched his star press and pretty much landed on his face, which cued Mondo running in. So I don't know if they planned the botch and then the – I don't know. Mondo runs in in street clothes and attacks Blade, ending the match. And then Cra- Crazy and Blade team up on Mondo. And then that sets up next month, shooting, uh, crushing the competition, three-way ladder match, and I think barbed wire ladder match, Blade, Crazy, Mondo. Um, we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, next up, now here's your first technical hardcore match of the fucking card. Nate Hatred versus Wife Beater. This was just some hard-hitting fucking... Hardcore shit, man. Fucking, you know, some barbed wire, fucking uh, table stuff. Um, yeah, just just fucking tables and chairs and all that. But man, White Beater was a hard hitting motherfucker, man. This, uh, yeah, this went uh, along the lines of that. And um, yeah, good stuff. Good fucking hardcore fucking brawl. I said these two dudes were hitting fucking hard, and it was good shit. Uh, main event was. Uh, Tajiri versus Justice Payne. Look, man, t- uh, Justice Payne gets a lot of fucking shit, uh, especially from, you know, the, the technical, you know, uh, the people with the technical prowess, the, the Chris Heroes and the stuff like that who came around later. Um, the place where the indies were in in that time, there were indie superstars who weren't, you know, your fucking reckless youth. Justice Payne was a good fucking flagship guy for CZW. He was a good guy who played your fucking heel or played your face, played whatever, like, top guy. He played that main event guy that would fill into these spots. Now, sure, if you picked his matches apart, you find a ton wrong. But, I mean, he did work some good fucking matches with other dudes within, you know, CZW and what they were doing. Um, you know, he worked a little bit of hardcore, um, you know, as he got bigger, you know, uh, he, uh, you know, worked a lot more power style as a, as opposed to when he first worked, he worked more of a junior style, but you know, he did a bunch of different shit and he, he always played a good character as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, he played that at the time Zandig was playing that he was a big deal and his guys were big deals. And he was too good for this and too good for that. And he was touring Japan. And then while he was in Japan, um, Justice Payne and the Hate Club, they were taking over and trying to give the fans what they wanted. You know what I mean? So, like, it it worked. It it definitely fucking worked. Um, So say what you want about Justice Payne, but I didn't think that shows were ruined by him, especially at the time. Uh, main event to Jerry Justice Payne. Nothing fucking wrong with the match. I thought it was really good. They brawled all over the place. Uh, good match, and uh, it was interference from the wife beater that um, you know ended the match. Got Justice Payne to win. Uh, you know, got him out of the match. Fucking uh, you know after the the show, Zandig cuts promo saying you know. Tajiri's going to be the next champion, and he guarantees it, and all that stuff. So, like I said, uh, next up, we'll be crushing the competition. Um, like I said, I want to keep the show short tonight. I, I honestly, as of yesterday, wasn't going to do a show, and then I was like, you know what? 
Um, if I can just watch this fucking Delaware Invasion, I can keep up to my fucking word on starting to review 2001 shows, and I, I will definitely do a show tomorrow because I'll have that to talk about. Because I really didn't have a whole ton to talk about otherwise. So um, I'm glad I did. Got this hour in. Um, I'm going to do a show next week. Uh, we'll figure out what that's about if I have a guest or anything like that. Haven't really planned anything yet, but you know we'll play it by ear. Definitely going to do a show because I want to do a little bit of a preview for the uh, the, the CZW um whatever you want to call that thing that they had lined up there. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much that plugs. Um, check out Alex Mahoney. You want some stuff drawn up. You want your fucking t-shirt to look good. You want to, you know, you're a wrestler. You want to put together a fucking shirt design. that looks fucking good. Instead of some bullshit that your buddy drew up, uh, hit up Alex Mahoney. And she didn't call your buddy stuff. Bullshit. I did. Um, fucking, uh, hit up Alex Mahoney on Facebook. And, uh, Man, she's she's tremendously talented. She could draw up some shit and um you know, very, very reasonable and uh tremendously talented. Hit her up. Um what else? Um the sports den. Check them out. They do great shit over there, covering a bunch of stuff, man. The NFL's right around the corner. I have some ideas as well. I'm gonna do the NFL stuff this year. I'm gonna try to keep it a little bit more interesting. Um, I, I could just right off the bat, I'll, I'll give you a, a little bit of like changes I'm going to make is I'm not going to do the point spread stuff this year. Uh, that'll be my own struggle in my fucking football pools that I'll do. I'm just going to go, who's going to win, who's going to lose and see how we, we rank up there. I'm also going to, um, try to have guests to do football picks with me on a regular basis, different guests, different weeks or whatever. And then on top of that, I am most likely, and I don't know if I'm going to keep it consistent on the year. I may keep it consistent on the year, um, but I'm going to do different things. Like I'm going to have my seven-year-old twins pick the games and see how I fucking rank up against their picks and whoever else I have on the show's picks. And uh, it should be a lot of fun and be a little bit more amusing too than just, you know, my jerk-off picks and then going, oh, okay, yeah, well. Who gives a fuck if he was right or wrong? Well, now you'll have something a little bit more comical to to match it up against. You'll see, you know, whether I could fucking beat a seven-year-old or two seven-year-olds. Uh, there's going to be weeks where two seven-year-olds are going to outpick me. I guarantee fucking tee it. And uh, other people who come on the show, too, it's going to be pretty hilarious. Uh, not because there's some football whizzes, because I'm fucking not. And it, it's going to become more blatantly obvious of that as the season goes on and you know you get that random week where fuck man i'm better off having two seven-year-olds pick my game so you know just this different stuff like that i'm going to try to make it more entertaining i was trying to think of ways that i can get my ducks to pick the fucking game and be like oh you got beat by a fucking duck this week but i'm not really sure on um how i could do that um you know, as far as because i mean you could do some stuff with animals where you write the fucking name of the team on each hand you don't put food in it and then, you know, whichever one they go to, that's the game they pick. But it's going to be really hard with a whole fucking uh, list of games. Maybe I'll do, like, a game of the week with that type of thing and uh, see if I beat the Ducks on game of the week or something. Well, I'm I'm still kicking around a bunch of ideas, and I'm just going to try to make it fucking entertaining for even maybe the people who aren't into football 
because, you know, I was going like an hour on football picks every week. That shit doesn't hold up through time either. You know what I mean? It, it's it's something that, you know, if you go back and listen to the shows now that I, I did last year or the year before and I'm doing my football picks, man, that's like an hour of fucking wasted show because no one wants to hear old fucking football reviews or whatever. Um, unless you're a tremendous football fan and you really want to go back and be like, how wrong was this dude? You know what I mean? Or that type of thing. But highly unlikely that you're going to be super into it. Um, there's that. There's, um, uh, what the fuck? Um, oh, Hot Tag Podcast. Definitely check them out. And, um, yeah, I, I believe they're doing their show now. And um, I'm, I'm just about out of here. So uh, when it comes down to it, fucking uh, check them out because uh, they'll be on a whole lot longer than I am. So I, I think that's all I got as far as plugs. Um, not um, like I said, my plugs have gotten uh, low. Just a couple motherfuckers that I fuck with right now, and um, that's about it. Um, yeah, man, check me out next week. Um, that that's that's pretty much it. Let me um. Of course, I didn't queue up my outro, so now I just got to babble random words until um, I'm done. Oh, buy a fucking, uh, I'm a John Zander guy shit. Do that shit. Hit me up on the fucking thing. Unless you live out of the country, it's a huge pain in the ass. I, You know, uh, fuck, man. I, I, I have a couple of people outside of the country that want shirts, and uh, I've never shipped anything outside of the country. The, the whole fucking concept just, like, intimidates me. Not intimidates me, we're like, oh. I can't imagine getting it done, but it's just like, dude, I work six days a week and trying to fucking work out that shit and then get the money and it. it's just, just a huge pain in the ass. But anyway, all right, check me out next week. Peace. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So what I make you good? Like Jesus tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> You just know how to hide it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Juza Kids Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food.